Welcome to the Waybox podcast. My name is Tally Rye. I'm a personal trainer and fitness influencer. And my name is Ben Foy, managing director and co-founder of Waybox, the brand behind the podcast. And this is your convenient way to get a deeper insight into your favorite influencers, the business of health and fitness, and the topics that we really believe matter. Make sure to subscribe for future episodes. You can find us on all major podcast apps. And of course, let us know what you think on Instagram at the Waybox podcast. Welcome back to the Waybox podcast. Today we are chatting to fellow podcaster, personal trainer, self-confessed bookworm and intersectional feminist Unoni Format. Welcome hello. to the Waybox podcast. Welcome. Hello. <laughs> Sorry, I was trying to say hello like four minutes before you finished. I was like, <gasps> there's so many things. We can't just start with one. We have to give multiple. Sorry, yeah, that's exciting. Thank you for that intro. It's lovely. You bring lots to the party. <laughs> so um, just a side note. Um, we looked up your name, mm. and it's from Greek mythology. Yes. And did I'm, you might already be aware of this, but it means wine woman. I am aware. I actually have it on my arm in ancient Greek. Oh, do you? Wine so, woman. So, funnily enough, though, when my parents called me an only when we were younger, obviously the internet didn't exist. They, their understanding of the word was from Tennyson's poetry, and back then everyone said it was a water nymph, which is true in one of the stories. But the real, like, definition, like, the translation is wine woman. But they didn't know that back then, so there's no such thing as Google. You couldn't look it up. Mm. So they just took for face value. Turns out... You love wine. I love wine, well, and I, that's what my name means, so it's very lucky. Yeah, yeah. Have you just been fulfilling your parents' prophecy? Yes. <laughs> Since birth. Really well. I do it very, very well. So I got bullied. So my name's Benjamin, obviously, and the Hebrew meaning is son of the right hand. So I got called wanker quite a lot at school. That's really <laughs> funny. But who is looking up Benjamin? Isn't that a norm? Was that not a normal name at school? Yeah, yeah. yeah no. Did you tell people my name? Yeah, that was it. Yeah, I was getting no PR at school. So I was like, <laughs> fellas, guess what? <laughs> well, you did it to yourself then, Ben. You did it to yourself. Yeah. Okay. We have a ton of stuff to talk about today. And I feel like we need to get straight to it. Okay. Um, because we both can chat. So mm, Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, exci- I'm excited. Should I sit this one out? No, 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 not at all. Um, but really, we want to get to know you more. I want to know your story and how you got to to being Unoni. You know, because you now you now go by one name. You're like Cher. Unoni or Anoni. So it's Anoni. Now Anoni. this is, I thought, a very helpful thing to do. I <laughs> no one can say my name, so I was like, clever me. I'll put the phonetic spelling. Yeah. Everyone will get it. Still, no one gets it. So I can't. I can't change it again. So. It's Anoni. Because that's the uh is meant to like uh, but people do do the ooh. Yeah. One of the guys at the gym's like, work actually calls me oons. I stick with it. I haven't said anything. What's the worst pronunciation you've had? Right. One one all the time. <laughs> one, I used to one. get brands, because it's O-E-N-O-N-E. <laughs> they just put one, one brand put one, capitalise the first O, space. One. One. As if my first name was one and my surname was one. This is a brand trying to work with me. Like, <laughs> maybe look yeah, yeah. into it a little bit more. So that's always exciting. Um, yeah, just a lot of like a when one. Some people do say it right first time, and it does shock me that it's probably happened three times in my life. Yeah, I equally. My full name is Talitha. Yeah, that's, that's and, quite um, an obscure name, isn't it? It is also. I was talking about it this morning, actually. It's Hebrew for little girl because I was a premature baby. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, it's very, it's a very like fitting name. Yeah. But my whole life, it was like Talitha to like never or Talitha. Talitha. I didn't live in the most affluent area so people could say TH and like Talitha and drive me and my parents crazy so got to secondary school you know when you go around to all the classes and it's like a sub teacher and no one can say your name yeah. I was like just call me Tally and so that Tally stuck and I only get Talitha when I'm in trouble now 
Yeah, I hated my name growing up. I used to have my mom, I was called Mary. I added <laughs> Mary into my name. Did I was the only Elizabeth Mary, yeah. And then in my ballet So funny um, enough, by the way, my mum's Mary Elizabeth. Oh, which <gasps> I think both my grannies are called Mary, so I think that's where the mm. influence was coming from, maybe. And I had like... Mary Mary, quite contrary wallpaper. But for my bad exam, I wrote down Mary Forbat, and then they were like, there's a skull that's on the exam, we don't know who it is. And my mum was like, oh, that's an only. But now I really like it enough it's, to get it tattooed on my arm. I think it's so arm. cool. Swag. Right, anyway, well, that, that brings us round <laughs> to what, where, where this conversation wanted to start. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Anoni, mm-hmm. where did you grow up? Where, where did you so, become you? I grew up from my, my earliest memories. I remember I grew up in the Lake District. From, from the north? No, so I, my parents were both from London. Okay. Then I was born in Leicester for like a really small stint of time, really random. Weirdly, my boyfriend lives really near Leicester. We didn't meet in the hospital or anything. And then we went, like, when we were born, that was actually a really good joke. Don't worry, guys. Um, <laughs> so, so then I think when I was like, oh, maybe like two or three moved to the Lake District, and I lived in Cockermouth in Cumbria, which I didn't know was funny until I was older because I lived there until I was about eight. That is funny if you look at how it's spelled. It's like cock fosters. It never gets old. Yeah, good times. Um, And I, we lived really near to like the Beatrix Potter Museum. I literally thought I was Beatrix Potter. I used to just sit outside. My mum used to lock us outside. So I was snowing. We didn't watch any TV. We'd literally be like little children. I used to make forts out of umbrellas, sit with hedgehogs. sisters? Two older sisters, Emily and Tiffany. So... Tiffany. They got really normal names, didn't they? I know. So Tiffany lives in Australia with my two nieces, and Emily is a doctor. She's just moved in with her boyfriend. And I am the little surprise what my dad wrote in my 18th birthday card, because they're like seven, six, seven years older than me. So that's nice. Um, then we moved to Somerset when I was like eight or nine. But I spent all my time in London because my mum is a London girl through and through. So every weekend we went to London, even though I had school on Saturdays. My mum used to be oh, she's ill. <laughs> and then really? we'd go to London because I was the only one left at home. What were you doing in London? <laughs> Just going shopping, see my grand. All my family were in London. So okay. I don't like, it's funny because I grew up in Somerset, but I don't know anyone that lives there. Oh, really? I just yeah, so that's that was that, and then I went to uni in Cardiff. I kind of forgot where the story was going. I just where wanted from? to where you were from. Uh, I don't really know. I'm a bit mixed up, really. My dad's my dad's Hungarian, or his dad's my granddad's Hungarian. My mum's Irish. My name's ancient Greek. I've got no base You've really. Got so it's much a going bit of a on. nomad. Very so much going on. Thanks, guys. And so your teenage years were in Somerset predominantly. Yeah, I went to boarding school though, but I didn't board. I was day people, which everyone thought was really funny at the time. If you're, even now, actually, we've left school. What like how many years ago? And I was like, she was a day people because so it wasn't very cool. What was the no, stigma? It's not. Oh, the stigma no. is you're not cool. Is no. it right oh, okay. that if you're a day people, like you're a bit more of a target to be bullied because they get so cliquey if you're boarding? I think it's just you're a bit of a loser because they all hung out at night. Whereas yeah. so I used to just stay anyway. I'd stay and have Popping dinner. Class, I'd yeah. like <laughs> I'd just pretend. Not rid of me. No. So I had lots of friends with borders, but it was that they would kind of like hang out. You weren't as cool if you're a day people, basically. And I have to say, at prep school, I was head of the climbing and caving team um, and did used to go for walks on Dartmoor. I was the only person who used to sign up for that. So I did kind of live up to the not being cool thing. But that's quite cool. <laughs> so was that your main... Um was that your main sport? You'd like doing more like outdoor activities rather than traditional things like netball or hockey or something like that? So that small stint of exercise probably lasted about a year. And then after that, I don't think I did any exercise. Oh, really? Um, the most I did would be like running away from teachers when we were caught smoking, running away from teachers when we were caught drinking, just running away from teachers in general um, <laughs> on, when I wasn't supposed Not to be. Not interested no, in physical activity. I, I would have been, but I had. it was really bad. It was all because I was like insecure about how I looked. And it was a really sporty school. Like, it's one of the sportiest schools in the country. And I have not very good hand-eye coordination. Um, and just not very much confidence in myself. So I kind of 
played up to that idea that I wasn't very good. Mm. Never really tried. Mm. So we'd run off and be with the cool crew, doing cool stuff. Um, and it wasn't until I was at uni in my second year that I finally, like a lot of women, I actually speak about this on an upcoming episode of mine, but I didn't really get into exercise then until I wanted to lose weight, which I think is really sad. So but my, that's so common. Yeah, I think boys are brought up going to kick a ball about in the field mm. with their friends or like you have a rugby team that you watch yeah. and you go and play rugby for fun. Yeah. Girls don't have that incentive of like exercise as fun unless you're literally a sports player or your yeah. parents are pushing you to do it I don't think girls are encouraged to play no, sport or exercise for fun it's only as like a weight loss tool even at the school the boys had a weight a gym with weights in it and then the girls gym was upstairs you weren't allowed to go into the boys gym and that had squat racks and weights and stuff I'm sure it's different now and ours just had treadmills and BOSU balls yeah and it's so funny because I do wonder I wonder if I've been able to weight train cause I think I was scared of sport a team sport I think scared me I wonder if I've been able to do weight training at school How, would I have found the love for it then I don't know but it wasn't open to me so what was your body image like at school what was your so and so bad and it's so sad because I was never like a skinny you know how little girls that look really skinny I've always had a body if you know what I mean mm. I've never been like really really skinny so I look back obviously I wasn't fat but at the time I remember thinking that I was bigger than everyone else and in my head I probably was I probably was bigger but I wasn't big and I think that ran throughout my whole school time like it was something that was always at the forefront of my mind which is so sad but it's just true I just constantly thought about my weight loads of us did that it's really it's really weird to look back because it's so sad when you think about it but I remember being out off I was just skinny like everything would just be better if I could just be skinny but I couldn't work out how to get skinny I never thought Oh, well, just to exercise. So mm. I used to do, like, cabbage soup diets and, like, mm. oh, it's awful, it makes you fart loads. I don't even know how I stuck to that because it was literally just, like... Yeah, cabbage soup. Yeah, it was just cabbage and then on, like, the third day you could have a banana or something. <gasps> oh, it's gross. It's just not not a lifestyle. No. no. And so, like you said, um, you did go to uni. Yeah. And you studied English literature, is that right? Yeah. Cardiff. Do you feel like that's when you started to come into your own and, and find yourself? Um... Yeah, I also, so because oh, I went to boarding school, it had like, my, girls I see all the time still now, but a big group of girls that were very cliquey. So when we finished school, it's like being in a bubble going to our school. It's like you, it's a whole world. Nothing mm. else exists. Like, I can't really explain it. There's nothing else like it. It's the most incredible thing in the world, but you are, it's the biggest echo chamber and you don't know anything else exists. So when we finished, I went on a gap year. Gap year, literally so classic. Where did you go? Um, I went to South America and I taught Spanish to indigenous children on my own. So can you speak Spanish? Yeah, I speak fluent Spanish. That's why you do that incredible Spanish accent. Yeah, right, maybe. you're going to answer this next question and your Spanish accent oh. is my favourite. Okay. Um, so, I need to give you a question now, don't I? So, <laughs> um, so, you did your gap year, you came back, you went to Cardiff. Why did you want to do English literature? Uh, well, before I came back, I went to... Um, I don't know if I can do it now. I was working in Jawils. Jack Wills, Jack Jack Wills. Wills. Yeah, yeah. very good. Very and then uni. I went to, <laughs> I had to go to uh, Australia. Oh, I don't know if I, um, that may be monotone. I don't, I don't make that. <laughs> it's so good. It's good, it? yeah, yeah. I know, yeah, it's, yeah. Normal, it's definitely normally better. Um, no, then, that was so, good, that, that was impressive. I went to Thailand on Australia, classic Thailand, drank loads of buckets. Yeah. Um, full moon party? Yeah, half yeah. moon and full moon. Half moon, I can't remember, I think I got spiked. Yeah. I was we were literally talking about this last night because one of my friends is going. And I was like, I actually don't think I'd go. I was so scarred. <laughs> it was awful. Um, and then I went to Australia and saw my sister. And then I came back. Then I went to Cardiff and... So you ticked all the classic gap year boxes. Oh, so classic. So classic. Um, did I find myself at uni? Uh, uni was quite weird again because the funny thing was all my girlfriends played a sport. They either played hockey or netball. And then 
if you went to the socials, like the the union, they would have like hockey corner, netball corner. I, ne- yeah. I still to that point never did anything. I didn't have a thing. Mm. So I joined the choir because I used to sing, I really can't sing anymore. So I initially joined this like choir and I started going to that and then I got a bit like bored and I was just trying to find something to do. And and then thing I ended up doing was just having boyfriends. Um, <laughs> but then I had a really horrible boyfriend who's not very nice that I and spoke sp- about with Alice. Yeah, you spoke about this in your most recent um, yeah. episode of your podcast, Adulting. Um, so that was a, quite an abusive relationship. And after that, I had to change my course. God, this is such my life was quite long, isn't it? I haven't even got very far. Um, and I decided in my head, I was like, oh, I'm going to have like a whole world like overhaul thing. And I signed up with this transformation coach. Was it a case of revenge body? Um, I think it was a case of what part of it, because it was a bit of, like, physical abuse. I think part of it was me being like, I'm going to get strong. The empowerment. And, like, factor. yeah. And it definitely part of it was, like, I want to look and feel amazing. I don't know if I thought of it quite so literally as, like, a revenge mm-hmm. body kind of thing, but maybe. Um, but then again, it was the classic thing of I'd started going to the gym a bit, not knowing what I was doing, spending, like, two hours in there just doing every single machine mm. with really bad form. I like to call it fannying about. <laughs> yeah, but I would do everything. Like I can't even. I'm in there for like 35 minutes now. Yeah. I'm like, get. I love it, but I'm done. Yes, yeah, so efficient. Um, and so I got the trainer, and he basically just put me on no calories. So obviously, I got absolutely shredded, and I was like, this is amazing. Hmm. But it wasn't. It wasn't anything really to do with the the training. It was to do with like yeah. no food, just no food. Yeah. And then so when I finished with him, I then put a weight bit of the weight back on, and then I decided to start my Instagram account. And At that the time, tiny, was it the tiny, the tiny tank. tank? The tiny tank, yeah. And I think that... Why the tiny tank? Right, so then, I started going out with this other guy. <laughs> is, this, is this just like... So, boyfriend this narrat- diaries. This narrative mm. is sewn into most of your life so So, far. this next boyfriend, then he was like, oh my God, you're so small and strong, you're like a tiny tank. And I was like, that is a fantastic name. So I made my Instagram account the tiny tank. Um, and... I think my following started to grow. Also, I lived in Cardiff, so I didn't really know. Instagram also, influencing wasn't a thing, actually. It wasn't a big thing. So, well, so I remember what year having. Was this? What time? 2015. Mm. I remember having like 3,000 followers and us all being like, fucking hell. <laughs> yeah. So many people. So famous. And I was like, oh my God. And I was like, I've got to post a photo, guys. I don't even care that much about posting a photo now, but at the time, I'd spent hours in front of move everyone's. I lived with like. Oh, well, at one point I lived with eight girls, then I lived with five girls. I'd steal all their mirrors from their room, like move them around the house, trying to find like the best lighting, and just for an hour, just trying to get the perfect photo. So sickening because I was so lean and shredded. Mm. But I think why people liked to follow me was I was quite honest about like I did used to smoke. I would go on loads of nights out. I was really honest about my journey, so I think that did quite well. Um, but if you read it back now, God, it was all so disordered. Like my understanding, but I think everyone I've read your. Journey, mm. I think you had a very similar thing oh, where you get into it, get obsessed. Get into it, get obsessed. Think, wow, what have I discovered? This is, yeah. this is addictive. Yeah. Um, and then you just start going to extremes because you just, it's exciting. Um, yeah. And then you kind of have a moment of, wow, I really took this way too far. Yeah. And I even, because Cardiff's quite into bodybuilding and stuff, I'd go to the gym and everyone would be like, you're going to compete. And after a while I was just like, yeah. And then so I signed up to a competition. I didn't know that people had coaches. I didn't know that it was like a really serious thing. I've also, bear in mind, I've never played sport. I don't know how leagues work. So I don't know that when you do something, you get through to like another round. Mm. So I coached myself for six weeks long. So you did a bikini competition, which if you don't know what bikini competition is, it is a bodybuilding competition essentially. Yeah. And you've got a ton of girls in very bedazzled bikinis. Um, lots of 
Did you have a bedazzled bikini if you yeah, did it yourself? Yeah, I had a gold. I bought it at a fucking extortion. I still got it, actually. Really? Mm. So you still? So you did have the awareness of you needed a fancy bikini? Oh, I knew I had to have the bikini. Yeah. And then I got... But Did you do posing? Because they I had do special going, posing yeah. and have posing coaches. So I then made friends with another girl who's games for girls, Abby Carpenter. Yes. That's how I made friends. How I made friends with Grace as well, because she came to watch us. She messaged me, like, have you got posing, like, two weeks before? And I was like, no. And I managed to find this woman somewhere in the depths of Wales <laughs> to teach me how to do posing. But I literally did it in six weeks prepped myself turned up got top five wow went home and then everyone's like when are you doing your next competition I didn't know that people went on to this I was like I'm doing that once and I'm out I didn't know that you it like was a thing because it's a, through for people who compete in that world it's their sport and they prep and they go through like seasons of mm. doing competitions and shows with yeah. the ultimate to go become a professional so you go to like every weekend I just signed up to one show I didn't know you'd then like go and do it I couldn't have done that and then I got it was so bad to look back at the photos now I binge ate my way out of that obviously was still absolutely minuscule and I remember thinking I was so fat that mindset was awful and then it wasn't until I came out of that I think I did my PT course straight after so I was like I want to qualify as a PT because my Instagram was growing and I was like I want to have some credence behind what I'm saying I don't want to just post mm. this I've got no idea what I'm talking about um, and then it wasn't until maybe like six months after that then I was like my whole journey from the age of about 12 to that point finally I was like oh fuck I'm out of it. But it took me going that far yeah. into it. So what was so during that that prep time mm-hmm. and during the competing time and, and the aftermath, what was your like self esteem and body image like at that time? So it was so bad because you'd literally I've got pictures of me like pinching my tummy and there's no fat you've never seen anything like it. And I'd be like, I'm fat, I'm fat, I'm fat. I've actually since apologised, like the year later, I apologised to all my housemates because I was like, I can't imagine how that must have been for them mm. to have me in the house being like... So They were all actually really good because they kind of understood what I was doing. They were being quite objective about that. Like, you're not fat, but like, obviously, if you need to get lean if your competition, whatever. But, oh my God, I would have had an absolute meltdown if I'd lived with me. I wouldn't have been able to... And also, I think it's really hard when sometimes you can be around people who are talking really negatively about themselves, um, which can subconsciously body shame other people oh, thinking yeah. like I'm really fat really fat and you're like I've, I, like you said like there's not much to even hold here um, and someone else who isn't in that physique is just kind of like yeah. well if yeah, you yeah. think that what am I Yeah, that's a really like I think you're really lucky you've got friends who are really headstrong in that sense it's funny though because you say that as well but I would never have looked at any of my girls and thought they were fat even yeah, objective they were bigger but I the worst thing is because you're given it's almost like the narcissist dream if you're someone that's worried about the way you looked and you're given a role where everything is about how you look you've got a fucking excuse to go to town on mm. being obsessively compulsively worried about how you look and you're like oh it's I'm competing so I have to and did you find with that whole narcissistic trait, the sense of the control of, of all aspects of... So, like, controlling the food, controlling the training, controlling your body image, essentially. Was that enjoyable in the way? Did, did that, like, feed it? Food's always been hard for me because I've never been good at controlling food. I was always... When I was younger, I used to make myself... It's so funny because I always go, oh, I used to make myself sick. I didn't have an eating disorder. But looking back... Disordered eating, for sure. I used to make yeah. myself sick all the time. I could never control what I ate. I, to this day, have the biggest... My mum will be like, you eat so much food. I just, like... 
you know when people like say they like food I like food but I also like eating like mm. the, I think there's a difference I think yeah, people can like the taste yeah. of food they're like mm, yeah. I love eating like, I could mm. sit there for hours just eating fucking love it that, so that for me was quite stressful like, I remember once <laughs> so savage but I had a massive tub of peanut butter from my protein and I was eating it by the spoon and I was like fuck I can't do this so I put it in the freezer and I woke up in the middle of the night and I got a knife and I cut chunks and I stood in my kitchen at like one in the morning eating frozen peanut butter which by the way is actually really good that but sounds good yeah. that like peanut butter ice <laughs> cream just, yeah. it's just solid peanut fucking great but that like who what it was like if anyone come down I had a bread knife <laughs> so what point away. was that was that post-competition no that was pre-competition it mm-hmm. was like I remember this posing coach she was like you've done really well but this last week you need to because I'd had no idea about nutrition and stuff she made I just ate fish and like 500 grams of asparagus I didn't eat asparagus again for about a year 500 grams of asparagus a day I think so it would have been no calorie no basically no calories just flushing because I'd had no You're just dehydrating yourself I'd basically got myself lean by some miracle because I hadn't been following any I hadn't actually cut my calories I think I still was eating like 1400 which is compared to what people eat isn't that low but I was training twice a day I'd get up and do the brain alone needs 700 calories a day to yeah. function so imagine where that leaves your body but and this you're is what's so weird people eat 1200 I've seen like people on Instagram being like oh, I eat that and I'm like ha I like thought I was going to die on that many calories so mm. I don't I don't really know mm. um, but yeah so she put me on a starving thing and then I was very lean it's weird I think um, did you have did that affect you mentally at all because a lot of people that can fucking break them a little um, bit and get a little bit in the head I completely lost my libido for one which is sad mm-hmm. and I did you lose your period I don't know because I was on the I was on the pill at the okay. time so I never people ask that all the time and I'm like I couldn't tell you because I didn't have periods amenorrhea is really common I wouldn't I wouldn't have mm. been surprised if I did um and but luckily luckily I was on my half of it half that prep was my three week break from uni where I was on Easter when I should have been writing essays but it meant I could sleep so I would literally not eat, go train, come back, have a nap, go train, come back. So I wasn't, I was basically like, in. that was probably the only thing that made me able to do it. Reflecting back on that time, would you do it again? Um, yes, I think so. Really? Yeah, because I think if not, I potentially could be, have a really bad relationship with food still. I genuinely think, I would never say for any, I actually don't think anyone should do it. I actually tried to talk, I met a girl doing the other day and she's telling me about it and I just spent an hour telling Please her why not to do it. Mm. But I think for me, I wouldn't have been satisfied if I hadn't... I'd never been skinny. And that got me to the point where that's the only way I think I'll ever be, like, that small. Not that I want to be that small, but it would have taken me that much. I'm not one of those people that can just be like, oh, I'll just go on a diet. Mm. Like, it had to be that extreme for me to get there and then realise, oh, this isn't that great. I think if if anyone's listening and they are thinking that that body type that you see a lot on Instagram, I think particularly when... 2015 time like that was when I was on there and it was like very that was the body type that a lot of people aspired to I think that's slightly changed now however I think we're talking like serious disordered extremes are are taken to get to that point and for the average person like unless you're willing to literally eat like you said fish and asparagus then it's not really possible to get there and I think it's um I think we as Men and women need to give ourselves a break and understand those people dedicate their whole life. Yeah. Like, they're eating, sleeping, breathing that that body and it's not an attainable thing for the average person. You can't no. do it if you have a job. Like, you can, you can only do it if it was your job. Mm. But then that in of itself is so unhealthy. There's someone... Can I name drop someone? It's not someone that we know. Yeah. Are we throwing shade? 
Yeah, a little bit, because I was looking last night, actually upset me. Do you follow Alexia Clark? I can't remember what yes. she used to be called. Yeah, she does, she's called the workout queen. She posts a ton of workout videos, yeah. videos. Do you, have you looked at her page recently? No, I did unfollow <laughs> I literally hadn't seen her for ages, and she came up, and I was like, oh my God, you look like I did when I was competing. I went to her page, she's got 1.5 million followers. Mm. And I was looking at her, and I was like, I forgot, you're right. At the time that we started Instagram, that was, that was so, so normal. normal. But I look at her now, there is no way in hell that you could like so lean. I can't even explain it. It really upset me because yeah. I thought it's so funny once you get into your echo chamber and I follow a wellness community of women who all look quite like to someone I'm lean, but to most people, my body is really, it is really attainable. It's not like mm-hmm. unhealthy. And I've got used to seeing women who've got, who look like me. And I completely forgot that at one point in time, that was it doesn't your... not exist. It's just, I'm not looking at it. And that and was it your really comparison. Me. That was your yeah. point of comparison. Yeah. And it is... I think I personally always encourage people to follow a whole diverse range of body types to to recognize that men and women come in different shapes, sizes, heights, widths. Um, like that's the that's the beauty of the human race. Like mm. we we're not born to all look like that bodybuilder type. And I think when that's the only body image you're looking at to, and you're aspiring to, that can be a really toxic um, point of comparison because, like you said, it's such extreme. Especially when there. it's then backed up by brands selling meal replacements yeah. and fat burning capsules and things like that. This is my concern as well though because they're selling, she's selling all these workouts and stuff but the diet, like you can do whatever you want in the gym but when someone's that small the problem is it's the, it's the food aspect that you just have no idea what these people are eating and it doesn't mm. help that then you have people doing like you'll get these tiny women with like burgers and pizzas and it's all like really sexualized and everyone's like oh my god it's so amazing I don't know it's just a very weird world the world of fitness for me the fitness industry is a huge disordered place and I think like you said like once you get into more like the health and wellness side of stuff um you can really balance out that that view like I understand that is part of the industry. It's not a part I ever want to be involved in anymore. Like, it's certainly something I fell into in the beginning of my journey as well. Um, But I think, for me, I hope that... A lot of people say, like, I think you have to go to these extremes and you have to go to this place. I really hope that we never have to get put people through disordered eating or put people through that the the pain and anguish of um, getting to that point of obsession. Because really we need to have more attainable body types on view so that we don't feel like the pressure to conform to this beauty standard. The, yeah, and it's funny because I get clients that come in for consultations and they'll be like, I want to like X, Y, Z, and I'm like, I'm not a transformation coach, which is what my previous personal trainer was, which all credit to him, I think he did what was want- I wanted. And that's and that was kind of taught at personal trainer school, to be honest. That was like the thing. Mm. So they come to me and I'm like, I'll teach you how to to train and I'll teach you how to be able to have, be confident in the gym and I'll help you with your nutrition. But if you think that in the next six weeks you're going to go mm. from like looking one way to looking another way, then I wouldn't, don't invest in me because like you you will probably look different just by proxy of the fact that you're exercising more mm. and eating more vegetables. But you're not going to go from X, Y, Z and they get upset and I talk to them and I'm like, but look, the thing is, we could do that together, but you're just going to be left. I'm basically trying to teach people from my yes, mistakes because so it did take me years to get there. And it does. And it really yeah. does. So I um, messaged you recently and I said, like, my most favourite quality about you and, like, the thing I admire most is that you're not afraid to, like, have an opinion, to speak out, to, like, say the things you're passionate about. And where most influencers um, run and hide from having an opinion for fear of criticism, um, you do speak out. And I think it's really important that 
more of us are using our platform in that way because you inspire me to like have an opinion because I'm like right if an only's done it I can do it <laughs> if she's she's saying this stuff like this is something I want to talk about um how have you how have you found that how have you how has your audience um reacted to your opinion and um does that help you I think because you have this confident persona where you are are saying the things that need to be said quite frankly um does that help you relate to like clients and your community it's funny because I didn't I've massively grown up with my Instagram so if you go back I'm just a whole I'm not the same girl that I was like three years ago and I've I I probably talk about in a negative way a lot of the things that I used to preach about about three years ago and it's same (laughs) it's come from a place I I think it's funny because when I started changing, so when I started learning more, basically my the minute I stopped obsessing about the way I looked, I suddenly had a whole lot of free time to think about other stuff, such as like feminism, politics, books I want to read, whatever, which I've always been intelligent and I sadly didn't ever used to, one, didn't think it was cool, so I would be more worried about trying to look good, and two, just was... I always thought being pretty was more important or being skinny was more important, blah, blah, blah. So then when I got over that, funnily enough, I actually, people, my following decreased. Instagram is a visual platform. People want to see beautiful people doing wonderful things and looking amazing. And my following decreased, especially, I don't have any followers between the age of like 13 and 18, basically. But prior to when I used to post a lot more bum pictures and a lot more pictures of my body a lot more sexualized images i had a lot of younger followers really female young followers and then when i started talking about quite a responsibility that 13 to 18 year olds are like looking up to that and you're like such an there's loads of um research on it that they are obsessed with like sexualized images of women it's not necessarily even the young guys it's young women yeah the young women and it's really it's a really interesting thing i don't really know um what the cause is I mean it's funny because I used to my gateway into feminism was talking about how it's so empowering to be able to show your body and on some levels I do think that's really true I think that women being able to embrace their sexuality is a massive thing that we've overcome and got to a really good place in now and that's what's encouraged us to be able to have the Me Too movement and um, lots of progress and strives within feminism movement however sometimes things can get lost in translation and you have people that appropriate certain things and, and twist them. So it's really hard. I find, and Shona talks about this a lot as well, that there's a the really difficult dichotomy of knowing that when you post something on Instagram, you know that if you look fit, mm-hmm. one, you're going to get gratification from that because mm-hmm. we all know you get dopamine hits from likes. That's just, everyone gets that. Two, you know it's going to get better engagement. Three, if it gets better engagement, you could talk about something a bit more intelligent and more people are going to read mm. it. So there's that weird thing of like, sometimes like yesterday great bum photo great engagement people actually read the caption but if I posted like what I used to do is if I was writing something important I used to put a blank screen a white piece just a white thing and then write something obviously no one fucking reads it yeah but that was back when I all my images were like sexy so it's funny that I thought then I was like right now serious put that um so I think there's also the argument of showing women as multifaceted because I think I'm gonna round this up because it's gonna be confusing but men forever will or have always gone to the gym I think every single one of my guy friends I know went to the gym from the age of like 14 no one's like oh my god he's the fitness guy I also have really fat guy friends who play rugby or really fat guy friends who go to the gym and no one's like oh my god like good on you they all have individual careers individual interests and I probably know four disparate things that my guy friends do so like 
my boyfriend, for instance, works in the city. But he loves football. But he also plays rugby and he really likes reading, blah, blah. And no one's going, God, you do so many things. Mm. But me, as a woman who goes to the gym, but also has a degree, is a personal trainer, but likes talking about, like, so everyone's like, wow, this is amazing. Um, but then Instagram can't deal with that because you want people like to look at you as a niche. They're they like, do. what they're like, do yeah. you do? Yeah. No one ever comes up they're like, I don't know what you do. Because they can't, then we're not used to seeing women mm. as like multifaceted. I know that sounds really like no, extrapolated I'm, from. No, but I, I completely get where you're coming from, and I think that's so interesting. I think. Um, uh, do you know the account Beauty Redefined on Instagram? Yeah, I think I follow it. Yeah, they they talk a lot about the way we post uh, images online, and <clears throat> they do a lot of research into that. Um, they they are researchers, and they they do say though like play devil's advocate here regardless of whether like for example putting up a, a provocative shot shall we say would get more engagement and people are going to read your caption but is the is the subtext of that still if you covered up the caption are you still just seeing a provocative image and how many people are actually reading the caption and i think we talked about that we have spoken about it before yeah, yeah. it's something i've personally <clears throat> battle with on a daily basis it's so, like do i post this like is this going to conflict what i'm saying or is this so if you've got a serious beneficial. message, but it's just a bump, yeah. are so, you doing a disservice to the text? This is the other issue I have. It's a, it's a really interesting topic of debate. Because my pictures aren't provocative. I'm not sexualising the image. Mm. I'm not wearing... Do you wearing... think it's how people are um, interpreting the image? I think it's the issue of... So I've never really posted a photo where I'm trying to be sultry. For the love of God, I would love to. But if I don't <laughs> smile, my face looks weird. I've tried. I would love to post an actually like sexually... <clears throat> pro- I actually love sexy images of women as much as the next person. Um, but like for instance the picture I posted yesterday is literally a picture my boyfriend took me I turned around I'm holding a bay and I'm wearing a bikini mm. that isn't sexualised but I have got muscly legs and a bum and I know that before you even look at that picture my body will be sexualised weirdly probably if I was very very skinny I don't know if that image would be as sexualised or as offensive sexually offensive mm. as if if it was a very very slim woman I don't know if they could just stand there in their bikini and no one would would think it was do you know what I think? Mm. I think my mm. body shape is more sexualized because obviously people like big bums. But anyway, um, I don't also, because I have this grappling thing where I don't want to feel like I have to emancipate myself as a sexual woman. I love being liberated to um, encourage my message. It's kind of that idea of when women felt like they had to dumb themselves down mm. or um, in order to be thought of as like more important or wear clothes that were more... That I don't want to change who I am in order to say the same thing. I do know what to you're be saying, taken seriously. but I get it from the engagement in the comments. So mm. yesterday's post had loads and loads and loads of comments, more than it would have done. Mm. But but it it's really dependent because my engagement, funnily enough, my best engagement isn't. Also, if I'd post that photo with no caption, it wouldn't have got as good engagement. My engagement does come from what I write. I know that people read what I put as much as they look. If I just post a picture of me, basically, no one would like that. I'm they don't. They want the words as well. <laughs> I think people follow you because they know you've got substance and they know you've got, you've got something to say. Yeah. Um, and I think, like I said, I think it's so cool that you're using your platform to say something um, where a lot of us, like, fear saying something. I don't think that's true, though. I think you say stuff. I say stuff, but um, it took it's it's taken, like, I will, like, slowly creeped out of my cave of, of like, oh, I don't want to, like, Being stir the pot yeah. here. I don't, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to ruffle too many feathers. I don't, I don't want to, piss people off but however i was i always say stuff now and I, i'm not afraid to say stuff now and and like 
it's scary, but it's liberating to have an opinion. It, yeah, going actually going because I forget realised and answer that question. Like, when did it happen? It's funny because I've got about twenty blog posts that I've written sat on my website that I won't, I can't post because I'm too scared. Mm. So I do say stuff, but I still have boundaries within where I think I should speak on something and where I think I should shouldn't. And with, like, the Tess Holiday thing recently, I didn't want to speak about that. I was like, everyone is going to comment on Did this. Did lots of people ask your opinion on it? No, I just read lots of white, male, cisgendered, heterosexual, privileged personal trainers <laughs> commenting on an overweight woman's cover on a magazine. And I, I just know. thought, you can piss off. Yeah. Quite frankly. I didn't want... Similarly, I equally <clears throat> had my opinions and I felt like, as, as a slim white woman here, um, blonde, like, very much fit the beauty standard, like... I know my opinion on this. Like, I don't want to. Yeah, sometimes I don't want to drag. Sometimes it's knowing like, just when to like shut up and, you know and accept yeah. that your opinion's not that relevant the in this conversation. Thing was, I didn't even have an opinion. I didn't even care. I just thought, great, it's 2018. Yeah, 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 I know. Wait, yeah. we're on a cover. I really didn't well, yeah. have. I wasn't even that shocked by it. I don't know if that's because I've recently taken a lot more interest in the body positivity. I'm trying to grapple with what my what do I think about the the one hand of the obesity epidemic and the one hand of over. I don't know, but I also that cover just was fuck all to do with these men and it really irritated me so I did go off on I absolutely went off because I just thought your personal trainers you're supposed to be helping people get healthier and all you're doing is fat shaming, shaming. so then I did say something but I do I do sometimes try not to I feel to. like I shared what you said what you said actually that went I wish I'd was... post I think it's that sort of thing I didn't want to put it on my feet I kind of wish I'd saved it so I actually wrote some notes I was so annoyed but I was just trying to put it there and I was amazed by the response that it got um well, I actually think it was one of the cases of something like I want to say something similar, um, but I was like mentally not gonna not gonna go there. You went there. I was like, right, I'll just repost I what do she this said. Though. Yeah, I was what like, she said. When Chessie posted about fast fashion, I was like, oh thank God, someone do it first. So I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to do it. And you wait for someone else to start saying something, and then you're like, I'll talk about <laughs> it now. Because I'm like, should I? I'm like, if no one's gonna say it, I'm not gonna say anything. And how has? Unlike, I think as humans, we're always still growing, learning, evolving, and in five years time your opinions might be in a completely different place and you might be in a completely different place um how have you found growing up online and like experiencing this growth I, I i personally have like my whole 20s has been online and i'm a very different person and like my values and beliefs are very different to me when i started this so i think i'm really lucky in that my i didn't really have an instagram following until i was about like i had some followers but they all kind of everyone at uni until i was maybe about 21 almost 22 I was really young. I hadn't started Instagram until I was like 23. Yeah, but I did. I think, well, I guess it's different for everyone, but like I was an absolute nightmare from the age of 17 to 20, like loose AF. Like I partied, I had all the fun, Mm. everything you can ever do. No one had Instagram. No one's taking pictures. Even if you thought you were fat, fuck it. No one knows. Like, there's no one there to take a photo of you. I went to Thailand traveling. I was in a bikini every day. I look back, there's like four photos of me in a bikini. And then when I came back and looked at the pictures, I was really upset. But at the time, I had no idea mm. what I looked like. Now, I'm not just me. Every single girl is so hyper aware of their body at all times because someone's going to take a picture of you at any moment and it's mm-hmm. going to be uploaded. And I think as much as I'm still young, I use Instagram very consciously. I look at it from a behind-the-scenes perspective mm. a lot of the time so I know what goes into photos and what people look like, etc. So you can have a more objective view yeah but I definitely still am affected by it but I think there are younger YouTubers and Instagrammers who start at literally 18 and I'm like not that I'm saying go out and party and stay up all night but I do think you need to go out and party and stay up all night (laughs) at some point and I don't think that's happening because I think everyone's so worried about social media and I don't know I'm worried for 
may, I guess I still am young, so it's all subjective to how you look at it. But I don't feel like I missed anything out by having mm. that and makes sense. where do you feel like your body image is at now? Because we spoke about um, bikini competitions and we spoke about like time at uni and all these different diets and stuff. Where do you feel like you're at now? So I have a really objective opinion on my body. Recently when I got the coil, I felt really upset because I was really, not because of what my body looked like, but because it wasn't, I felt all watery and weird. That's the worst I've ever felt about my body, but I think it was all the hormones. But otherwise, I just kind of look at myself and I'm like, oh, I'm, because sometimes I'm just lean, my body changes all the time. So in a week, I could have like popping abs and then the next week I won't. And I've just got really used to however my body looks also if I do a gym video now I literally just put the phone there I take it and I put it up and then you just see your body because I think before what I used to do funnily enough I was way smaller but I'd pose so much if someone took a photo of me I'd be like what like that isn't what I look like I remember watching an Instagram story and you you said I think I catfish myself I used to catfish myself (laughs) all the time I'd be like that's not me Um, but I think I've just got much more, I'm much more body confident and the only time I probably would ever feel insecure about my body, never with my boyfriend, never when I'm getting dressed, never when I look at myself in clothes, it's literally when I go on Instagram and I look at something and I'm like, fucking hell. Has that changed the way you use Instagram in the sense that do you take time off? Do you regulate who you follow? And um, I don't, re- I don't actively regulate who I follow, but I think I follow a very good selection of people. Um, and I think that I've coming away from a disordered understanding. I think I look at the world a lot more, kind of like from a, probably from feminism and, and politics and stuff. But like, rather than looking at my body, like, oh my god, this, that, that. I'm constantly looking at things like, would this person be able to afford to go to the gym? Would this? Per- I don't know. My understanding of bodies has come from like a really selfish, narcissistic, vain, insecure place. To the wellness side of things, which means I have a really... It's almost nothing to do... I can't really explain it. It's like the way I look at things is so different. And when I'm talking, I'm constantly thinking about like, who I'm talking about, mm. who I'm talking to, what portion of society do I actually occupy? Probably a very, very small mm-hmm. portion that's got the privilege that I have. Um, so even when I'm looking at things, I don't know. I think my whole understanding of the world has changed. And that's, I don't know if that's that is part of growing yeah. up. No, it totally is. That makes sense. Um, like we said, you have got your podcast adulting. Yes. Are you enjoying it? I, it's my favourite thing that I do. I absolutely love it. Do you feel like it's the best thing you've done in terms of being yourself? Oh, by far the best thing I've ever done. Um, it was really exciting because I remember being... When I first did it, I was with management, which I then... I actually left them then. But when I was with them, I think they thought it was going to be about, like, how to pay your bills and, like, how to... Um, like do your washing up really well and like how to mm. move and I was like adulting how to grow up and I like love it it's gonna be like perfect yeah. fit for like brands and stuff it the whole thing just ended up being about privilege <laughs> like I it was that. like yeah and it was really fun because it was I was finally able to talk about because I felt very much on Instagram especially for a while I was the fitness girl so you just talk about fitness I thought that everyone was thick on Instagram because I was like that sounds so awful but I don't mean that I mean like because all everyone seemed to want to see was just the same thing about like how to lose weight and I was like that's all anyone cares about I really thought that no one would give a shit talking about anything else Mm. that's why I started my book club and then at the book club I met all these incredibly intelligent Mm. women who all followed me on Instagram I was like oh okay so these women are way cleverer than I am and they're interested in what I'm talking about so I think it was a really nice shift in realising that there is more substance to it because I found it quite like a empty place sometimes being on social media I'm not saying I'm really clever. I'm saying my interest was so much more widespread than... Yeah, you're doing yourself a disservice by yeah. pigeonholing yourself into the fitness category. Like you said, 
we are as women multifaceted we do have more to us than the gym like and I think this is the pitfall of Instagram because you might be following myself or Anoni at, at points throughout our journey and you thought that all we ever did was yeah eat eggs and go to the gym <laughs> and actually like there's so much more to us as people and I think from my experience the more I share about that the more I have an opinion the more conversations I have with people who I meet I like for example my most recent retreat the conversations we had at dinner were just it was like oh my goodness these are my super intelligent incredible female friends and we were having these really deep conversations and like you said like there are people who want to have those conversations but what, and you just have to start yeah, it sometimes I always find it so funny when I meet a PR and they're like oh let's come look at the fitness brands because in my head I am not a fitness person I'm honestly like this has happened to me by accident this is my favorite thing of the whole story I've never played sport I'm literally just a personal trainer I have no other qualifications yeah I've learned a lot along the way I think I'm a pretty good personal trainer mm. But apart from that, I go to the gym four times a week. I don't understand. I'm not an athlete. And everyone's like, because oh, you love fitness. I'm like, no, I just exercise. <laughs> I don't. It's so in my day to day life, you will not hear me talking about fitness unless one of my friends asks me a question because you post one thing online once and you're the best. I honestly, this whole thing was an, my whole career is an accident. It's an amazing accident. I love it. I'm so glad it happened to me. But through school, like I went from wanting to be a doctor to wanting to be a lawyer to maybe being like a translator. I never did sport. I remember when I started my Instagram account, a lot of people from school were a bit like, the fuck is she doing? Like, you are not into fitness. Mm. And the fact that everyone in my year, I'm now like, I'm a personal trainer, it's so weird. And yes, I love it, but I don't think I'll be a personal trainer in like 10 years. And I think that, I think what's so funny is I just don't know if there are any other guys, they're coming back to the guy thing, I don't know if they post about going to the gym, but they did other things. Mm. If everyone put the fitness thing forward, because it's almost in my friendship circles, a given that if you're a guy, you go to the gym. Yeah. And I, it's a given now with girls, but certainly when I started, if you weight trained, it was like, you're the fitness oh my girl. God, wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I find that really funny because I do a podcast with my friend Jasmine Sawyers, which will be coming out in a few weeks. Love her. Love her. And we went to school together. She was always an athlete. And we like talking about Instagram, we talk a lot about race, but like, why... Why do people ask me more questions about fitness? She's literally an Olympic athlete. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I go to the gym yeah. four times a week. You're an athlete. I don't understand. Very weird. Equally, I can completely relate because I'm the same as you. Never did a sport in my life, and uh, ended up becoming a personal trainer and yeah. literally work out three, four times a week. And I think I know my stuff, but yeah, um, same. It's not. It's really not my whole life anymore. No, it has been. Yeah, not anymore. So I think that's funny. I think it's been, <laughs> so. That was going to be. Uh, yeah. Freestyle, 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 Tally. Oh no, I know. Like, I want to just finish up now. Do you? Yeah. Really? I said you're done. <laughs> well, I had one more question, but you took me back to the question. But sorry, no, 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 it's fine. It's my fault for not asking it. What was it? It was going to be when you went to uni. What did you actually want to do? But you, you answered it. Oh, question, sorry. So. No, you answered it, so it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to now. Okay. Okay. So, each of these deep interviews, we like to finish with three statements and you have to complete the oh, statement. Oh. I think you're going to really like this. <laughs> yes. Are we bringing this back? We are bringing this back. Nice. Okay. Yeah, we're going to bring this back. So, the biggest misconception about me is... <laughs> that I always know what to say, no. <laughs> um, that I'm confident in every aspect of my life. Interesting. Mm. What are you unconfident at? I... I actually don't, everything is like a taut confidence. I'm not the most secure. I. It's like I fake it until I make it. I've taught mm-hmm. myself to be like this. Mm-hmm. 
I don't walk out every day and think I'm going to smash it, but I will try my best. But I don't, I'm not, I think sometimes it might come across as arrogance. Actually, it's probably insecurity masquerading as confidence. But then it turns into confidence by the end of the day, which is good. If there is one thing I can use my platform to change, it would be. Well, I don't know how to say that in one word. Um, I guess mobility within society for people, so changing understanding of privilege, and that's not one. Is it meant to be one word? No, you no, can, no, 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 no. Give us a sentence. Uh, give the, us pri- a sentence the, pri- the privilege theme is, is interesting yeah. to explore. Yeah, mm. yeah, um, and giving women the confidence to be more than one thing. I don't know. Just giving. I don't really know. Giving. I don't really know. Northern accents. <laughs> and really know. your <laughs> ultimate goal is to. Oh, this is really hard. Um, it is a bit hard. I should have prepped you. I think I grapple with this a lot. And I actually wrote a thing. I'm such a loser. I was doing this yesterday because I was like, what I think. Well, I wrote a thing that was like. I was trying to work out what success is in my own head. I write myself little stories. I'm mm. always just writing if I can't understand something. So I googled what's the definition of success and success is to have a, achieve a purpose. What's the definition of the purpose? It's like something that makes you get up every day or have a drive. And I was like, what, what is it to be successful? And I realised that success isn't like any one end goal. It's that journey of trying to find a point. And I think, <laughs> my very long window say, my purpose right now is actually fundamentally trying to develop an understanding of what I think the world is and where I can improve certain areas I don't that's not a very good answer either I think that I I want can I put words in your mouth yeah is it trying to understand the world and work out how you can have an impact on it yeah I guess so yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you at any, at any point, she'd be like, yes, "Maybe yes, you yes, say that, that. That's it." Yeah. Um, <laughs> what I said. I, no. Do you know what I think it is? I think that I really, more than anything, realise that I have so much um, p- power and privilege. Not just because of my platform, but because of who I am in society. And my purpose has become a lot more than what I thought it was when I was younger. Which was I always thought had the classic, like have loads of money, have nice stuff. I've realised that I fundamentally just really want to be happy and elevate other people's happiness in any way that I can. Brilliant answer. Brilliant answer. And only this has been an absolute pleasure. I felt like we could have spoken for a whole other hour. There's so many other things. We'll have to get you back. We will have to get you back. Sorry, I feel like I spoke really quickly. No, no, no. It's totally fine. We wanted, like I said, this episode was about covering lots of topics, but we'll come back and talk about a specific topic next time. We'll do theme next time. Let us know what you would like us to talk to Anony about. I'd be really (laughs) interested in our listeners' input. Um, Thank you so much for coming on today. Where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram at Anony. That's U-H-N-O-N-E-E. My podcast is called Adulting. My Twitter is something that I don't know. (laughs) Uh, And I have a website which has some blogs on it, which is www.anony.com. Fantastic. Thank you, Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at The Waybox Podcast and tell us what you thought about today's episode. And make sure to keep an eye out on our social media as we want you to get involved with future episodes. Thanks.